0: welcome to scars to stars where conversations and personal stories let us know we are not alone in this show you will meet authors and speakers from our books and events as they share vulnerable personal stories to spread hope and inspire you through adversities in your own life the world is a difficult place you will find like-minded people here with kind hearts and supportive souls I am your host, Dina Brown Mitchell. I am a suicide survivor and the founder of the Realize Foundation. I am so glad you are here. Let's dig into this meaningful conversation. Hi, it's Dina with the Realize Foundation. And today I'm here with Ted McConnell in Cincinnati, one of my favorite football teams because I'm a huge Joe Burrow fan, Um, I went to LSU. So, anyway, I'm glad to have you here today, Ted. And I'd like you to share a little bit about yourself if you'd like, and then just a little bit about your chapter that you wrote.
1: Hi, Dina. Thank you. And, uh, you know, who day? <laughs> so, I live in Cincinnati. I've lived in Cincinnati most of my life. I moved out to, I'm living in Dayton when I went to school. At Wilberforce University, I lived in Michigan with my wife for some time. That's where she's from, but that was short-lived because it was cold in Michigan and a lot warmer in Cincinnati. So um, I'm back in Cincinnati, IT by professional, and um, I love my job. And um, I got involved with this project through my cousin, who knows you. And it sounded very exciting. So many things I could have wrote about. you know, was like, a divorce. <laughs> but I didn't want to put my kids through that. That would, that's a, that would have been a bestseller that, that went on for eight years. Wow. So it had more scars to it than the story I wrote about, which was really growing up and um, basically being a foster child. You know, which some folks don't find that to be an exciting or thrilling or success story, but I think mine was. Uh, My mom was my mom. Fifty-four years. I had a foster stepbrother, and we're still brothers. He was still my mother to the day I buried her. Big family cousins, aunts, uncles. I'm blessed to have three children and four grandchildren thus far my youngest just married but he doesn't have kids and he doesn't need kids yet but um this was exciting it was easy to write um, especially from a christian aspect because you know not knowing my birth parents was okay because, as I mentioned in part of my writings, you know, I learned that I had a Heavenly Father when I was young. And I understood that. Believe it or not, I was in church on Saturdays and Sundays. My great-grandmother, you know, foster still, uh, was a seven-day Adventist, so she went to church on Saturday. And my mom thought that was a great way to have us sent off somewhere. <laughs> and Sunday I went with my mom, who's Baptist, and she did ask me one day, hey, what do you want to do? And I said, this is too much. So I said, well, if I go seven day Adventist, which I sort of believe more, but I'll be in church on Saturday and all my friends are out playing ball. Then Sunday I'll be home, but everyone's in church. So I'm going to go to church on Sundays while everyone else is in church and Saturday we'll play ball. <laughs> but um, either way, I, you know, I know every day is the Lord's and you know, we." we We picked the Sunday as a Sabbath to serve him. So writing this was easy because I know that he always had his hand on me. There's a lot of stories of people who went through drugs, abuse, womanizing. You know, I've heard from many deacons in my church. And um, I didn't have the story to tell, like most of them, but I did. thought about it. I said, I do have a story. He's always had his hand on me. So um, you know, there was a guy named Joe who's pretty much like that too. Although he had a trying time in life, and I've had a few. Growing up, you know, I I I was met with some things that I didn't mention in the book. You know, um, the color thing of your skin. You know, I got it. I'll say I got I caught it from both sides. You know, but I persevered. I had. You know, complexes as a you know, young kid growing up who was a little in between, like Malcolm in the middle. You know, I was in the middle. And um, I survived it. And today I'm proud. And I tell my children, hey, it's a blessing. I probably fly past some folks and I've been called in the crowd. I didn't see you. I thought you were, uh, you know, I had um, a date. I know this is crazy. Yeah. I was having a blind date, and I guess I was in a room, you know, standing along the wall in a restaurant with a lot of other Caucasian. And the girl called my friend and said, I don't see him here. I just see a bunch of Caucasian, men. I'll say it that way. She said, he's there. I just got off the phone with him. And she looked again and said, oh, you said he was light. You didn't say he was white. <laughs> and I'll never forget that story. I'm like, I didn't appreciate that, you know. It didn't work out, but it was the funny story. I'll never forget about blind dates, you know. So I sort of gave up on that sort of thing. But writing this piece was really easy. There was probably more I could have written. In some, say, some ways, I'm very personal. I don't, and you probably got that from my feedback of how many people follow me or I follow. I, I'm not a social media nut. I, my picture on Facebook, it's from 2006, I think, <laughs> because I don't share my personal family and children and grandchildren. It's just too much out there. Um, yeah. You know, where I just ate, what I'm eating, where I'm flying to, not for the world to know. But I will talk to you, you know, one-on-one. Mm-hmm. I'm one that would rather pick up the phone than text. I'd rather meet you, you know, break bread and talk. So Mm -hmm. I don't have that social media, you know, stamp. I'm IT, but as it says in my profile, I'm IT, but I'm not social media, (laughs) which is funny. Yeah. You know, yeah. But uh, so I enjoyed it, it was fun. Like I said, there's probably more I could have written, but I didn't want to get, you know, I don't know how my brother would feel about it, you know, me talking Mm -hmm. about that. A lot of people, I had cousins that didn't know, I know at least some until they were 19, that we were even foster cousins. They, My mom was the oldest, and they just thought I was the oldest cousin. You know, I was around before them, so they had no clue until I guess it came up in a conversation one day. I didn't know that you weren't, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, didn't, you know, never, I never put it out there. Um, yeah. Never questioned, didn't ask who knew, who didn't know. And I didn't have to because we live like family and we still do. Mm-hmm. My cousins are still my cousins. My aunts are still my aunts. So I thank God for where he placed me. I know there's mm-hmm. some stories that aren't success stories. Didn't go from home to home, mm-hmm. but, uh, You know, God put me where I was supposed to be and I'm happy. That's good.
0: That's important.
1: I hope this story, you know, may reach those maybe in that situation. You know, Annie is, I love Annie because I remember being in the children's home. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was asked, you know, do you want to live here with these folks? And I'm thinking, oh, my own bedroom with little, you know, I think it was maybe a nine inch. Black and white TV, an air conditioner in the window. Yeah, my own bed. I could do this. <laughs> so, yeah, and I think he drove a 65 red Mustang with a white convertible top. Yeah, I said, This is cool. Yeah. Life if, is good. Yeah, sometimes we don't, you know, different
0: people grew up different ways, and sometimes we don't, we don't always appreciate what we have until we hear a story like yours
1: well you know another thing in high school I was fortunate enough to go to the Dominican Republic I took a vocational class because I wanted to be an architect so we went to build homes in the Dominican Republic for hurricanes Frederick and David in 1979 and I saw poverty up close Real stuff, the stuff you see on TV and never think about, like the kid running down the street with a stick and a can or something round that's a toy. Old men who were probably at that time in their 80s working harder than men here at 65 Men dying on the field, trying to rebuild homes with us. You know, these young kids who came over here to help. Uh, build these one-room homes for folks. I never asked for anything after that trip for my mom. I was over there for a month. And when I got back home, I said, people on welfare are rich. Those were my thoughts and words, even till today. So I'd like to say I'm humble to some degree. I do like some pleasures in life. I like to eat well, have a nice car and a watch, but not into clothing and fashions and shoes and things <laughs> that sort, but there's some things I do like. I like to eat well. Mm-hmm. Just got my first big 70-inch TV. You know, it's, <laughs> some things, they don't move me. I have no jewelry on my hand, you know, other than an Apple Watch in my fraternity, you know. But uh, God's been good. And um, you know, I'd rather have Jesus than silver and gold, as the song says.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's a good one. Are you feeling alone, lacking hope and unsure of the future? So many people are feeling the same way. How could you not, after an unprecedented lockdown of the entire globe? The fallout has changed the normalcy we all knew. It's hard when you feel lost, and even harder When you're scared to talk about it, we are here to help. At the Realize Foundation, we provide peer-to-peer support through conversations, community, and personal stories. It is our mission to spread hope and let you know that you are not alone. If you are enjoying this podcast, I would love for you to become part of our membership community to get the peer-to-peer support you need. Learn more at the Call to Action link for Scars to Stars Membership. I look forward to seeing you in our community of kind souls. So when you, when you decided to write your story in this book, were there emotions around it? Or was it easy to sit down and just write it? Or how did that process look like for you?
1: Believe it or not, it was so easy. I've been comfortable for many years. Partially or partly because, as I said, I I knew I had a Heavenly Father. Young in life, I know I'm doing well for myself. My education isn't as high as some, but I'm doing well. Uh, My kids are doing well. Um, Yeah, they're still in my pocket, but um, that's... You know, it comes with the territory. But no emotions in any way. I was never abused, never neglected. My mom, believe it or not, I, I say this as a testimony to her, had a hot meal on the table for us every night. My mother never took us to McDonald's. I hated that. I I did not go, I did not get a pair of Converse gym shoes though, until I was 14. But she made sure we had the basics. Uh, but junk food wasn't one of them. It was a hot meal every night. And that meal may have started out one way Monday or Sunday and then ended up some way another way, Friday. Right? <laughs> but it was a hot meal. No going out, you know, to fast foods. We did not do fast foods. I can't say the same for my kids that I raise or my grandkids that I see. It's fast foods a lot of times. But in fact, I'm at my son's house now, and I decided to order pizza for everyone since I'm over here. So I um I did not I had good memories writing this. It was comfortable writing this. I thank the Lord that I'm able to write it because I did. I had a heart attack in 2016. I'm still here to tell a story, and um, I know a lot of my friends are not. I have a shoebox full of obituaries, and more than I could probably tell you, over 30. You know, we're talking about just since COVID, because that's when they start happening. So I feel really blessed, fortunate to be here, to even write about this, and hopefully talk to some folks about being a foster child and surviving and not being faced with some abusiveness that goes on in the world, especially today. Oh, it's scary.
0: Yeah. Let's, um, I'm glad you're here, too, and I'm glad you joined our project. Thank and you. I think, you know, I there wasn't a whole lot of fast food in my life when I was young either. Maybe some, but not a lot. And it makes me remember that comedy routine that Eddie Murphy did about McDonald's.
1: Did you ever see that? Let's see. I remember there was um, him in a purple suit and then him in a red suit. Valerius, I think, was one of them. I, maybe, he, maybe.
0: He was going on and on and on about his mom's cream.
1: I remember the ice cream. I got some ice cream, you know. <laughs> I don't remember the McDonald's,
0: yeah, but he. I think it was in that same one. He talked about wanting to go to McDonald's, and his mom said he would. She would make him a burger at home, and he was like, "But I want McDonald's."
1: <laughs> I have to watch. Uh, that. I remember yeah. the ice cream. That was really funny. <laughs> and you were on the welfare. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, that's funny. Yeah. Um, it's funny what we remember from so many. Years
1: ago. Oh, yes. People can do dialogue from a movie all the way through now. Mm-hmm. 101 Dalmatian, I knew that Pongo, oh boy, because my kids would watch it five times straight. So mm-hmm. I knew a lot of that dialogue. But some mm-hmm. of the movies, I have friends that just can go through them. And I'm like, I don't remember that.
0: Yes. That's funny. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you
1: having this conversation with me. Well, I thank you. You know, I hope it's a blessing. Somehow, some way to move to people, multiple people. Um, I hope maybe I can tell a different story maybe later, mm-hmm. but um, with the stories that I sort of heard, I don't think there's any about you know being a foster child, so hopefully this will serve its purpose as well as all the other stories.
0: There is one other story in this book about. Lori, who was in foster care, but her story was much different than yours.
1: Oh, good. good, good, good. So,
0: um, she did not have a very good experience in foster care. Mm. But I think that she, it is, it has propelled her to do so many things in her life now that she's so excited about. And she's really excited about this book. So. Um, you
1: know. Paul's life didn't start out well either. You know, (laughs) that's true. You know, but he got to write about some good stuff. So he did.
0: And we're Uh, all really glad he did.
1: Yeah. So Lori's story, I hope in the end, Mm -hmm. you know, serves like Paul's. You know, things weren't great in the beginning, but look at me now. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And thank you for allowing me to be part of this. I know. I probably wasn't as available as most folks because of my busy schedule. But, you know, I still feel grateful and humble that I'm part of this. And God is so good to allow this Mm -hmm. to happen. So thank you for being a vessel to allow this for me to speak to someone.
0: Yeah. And you never know who's going to read your story because our books get all over the world. And we've had, you know, we get the royalties from Amazon come back to the foundation and we've gotten them from lots of countries, including as far as Australia and Japan. So you never know who's going to read your story. And we also have a lot of people who like might read, buy a book to read part of it or read all of it. And then they give it to somebody else to read. And so you never know, even when one book is purchased, how many people see it. So it's really been a cool experience to see the impact it's had on so many people.
1: Great. I'm
0: sure we don't even hear the half of it. We just hear some of it. So
1: Yeah, and I plan to purchase the other two volumes, you know, okay. so I can read some other stories. It's yeah. um
0: there's a few, a handful of people that have written more than one book. So when you just okay. said you might have another story, maybe next year you'll have to do another one.
1: Okay. <laughs> Thank you again, though, for allowing me to be part of this project and testimony to the world. Thank
0: you, Ted. And I think we're going to, I'm just going to put this up here and say, you know, if anyone's listening to this and it's before September 22nd, 23, we're going to be having our book launch event on that Friday, September 22nd. And it's only, it's, we have links all over our social media and our website, but it's a dollar to buy a ticket. And if you want to donate more, you're welcome to. We would appreciate it. And if not, that's fine. We want anybody and everybody to be able to join us. So again, it'll be on September 22nd. And you'll get to meet all of the people who wrote in the book. And here are some new news about what we're doing at the Realize Foundation. So thank Mm -hmm. you, Ted, for your writing and your story and for being here with me today.
1: And who they to the realize foundation.
0: <laughs> I'm so happy you joined us for this conversation. My wish is that you found comfort and hope in your own unique situation. If you resonated with our message, please head over to therealizefoundation.org, where you can apply to write your own story in one of our books. You can also download our. 60 Ideas for Self-Care on the resources page. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, you are not alone, you are worthy, and you are enough.